your daughter, and uh, she said that'd be a great song to play. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you do any? Did you do any photography with Sarah? Yeah, she's in the book, uh, and she's quite prominent actually in in one section of the book. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I caught her on a number of occasions, and she was absolutely stunning just about every time you saw her. Really. Wow. Well, you know what? We both have a lot of questions here. And uh, why don't you start from the beginning? How did you start out getting into jazz and taking photography and photographs and doing such great work with so many um, wonderful people? Well, I had no training whatsoever, and it was just kind of a fluke how I got interested in jazz. Uh, I grew mm-hmm. up in the Midwest, and uh, there wasn't anything like jazz being played anywhere. And I just, by chance, one one night around midnight, one o'clock in the morning, I stumbled onto a, a radio program in Salt Lake City. And the guy that mm-hmm. hosted the program was from Wales, a guy by the name of, uh, <laughs> um, I just lost his name right now. That's anyway, okay. Um, he he was uh, he played all he played jazz all night long, and the first uh, record that I that he had queued up was his theme song with Red Garland, and um, oh wow! And I just I just fell in love with the, with the music right at that point. Wow. Mhm. Uh, Wes Bowen was the uh, was the name of the of the MC that night. Mhm. Uh huh. And how did so that was um, that was my how, that was basically my yeah. introduction to and from there I just started listening as much as I could and and mm-hmm. all these different people and start memorizing their tunes. When, when did you, mm-hmm. uh, Verl? When did you start your first job, like uh, photographing? Yeah, photographing. Well, actually, I, I photographed a number of things, a number of people, just uh, as a freelancer. And I hadn't sold anything. I was just trying to, uh, you know, get as much experience as I could and to, uh, you know, begin uh, getting a repertoire of different people. And mm-hmm. one night or one afternoon, I uh, I drove into San Francisco. It was a, a Sunday matinee show at the old jazz workshop on Broadway, mm-hmm. which is no longer mm-hmm. around. And... Uh, Roland Kirk, the multi instrumentalist, was oh my God. was on the on the tab that day. Jeez. And um mm-hmm. I wound up spending two complete sets. I was there for about four hours and had a front row seat. Mm. And I shot about five rolls of film. And just on a whim afterwards I, I took a look at some of the shots, they were pretty good and I uh, oh. sent off a, a bunch of contact sheets to Downbeat magazine. And uh, lo and behold, uh, they wound up using one of those shots as their cover in okay. April of 1967. That was wow. my first uh, professional experience. Really, 1967. <laughs> that is, and 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 yeah. I was reading that you didn't, you had no prior experience with photography. That you basically. No, I never even owned um, a camera until I was like out of college and finished my uh-huh. stint with the with the army. So I was like 25 years old when I got started. Where Where did you grow up, Verl? 
What area? I grew up in uh, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And that, that's nothing happening there as far as uh, jazz music in those days. Mm-hmm. Sure. We were you listening to jazz? Any kind, What were you listening to when you were in the where you were in the service? Were you guys listening to just like, oh, I bet you saw some great shows um, if you were had any no, of the tours my, come by? No. No. Where I was in the army, there was nothing uh, nothing too exciting to. To fall back mm-hmm. on music rights. Mm-hmm. So when uh, you girl, got out, you, you decided you to do this. To... Oh, I'm sorry. Are we cutting out again? Yeah, 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 I'm missing it. We're cutting out a little bit. I was going to ask him uh, if he, um, how, how, you know, when you started taking the photography and you did the first set of photos and everything kind of just gelled into each other. What was your next thing? I mean, how did you know that this was something that you wanted to do? Well, after I got exposed to uh, to Russ Bowen and his program mm-hmm. and listening from then on, I, I listened almost every night, to, and he just had nonstop all the greats um, on his on his uh, radio show, and I just started, uh, you know copying down the names of the artists and the, the songs that they were playing. I started buying records. And, and then once I, once I got out to uh, the West Coast, that's when I began really uh, taking in different acts as often as I could. And, uh, oh, wow, that's great. And trying to develop a, a repertoire of photos. Hmm. Uh-huh. What were you going to say, Spence? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut it. Um, the uh, Vera, what was? Did you ever go to the Village Vanguard, which is really one of the only clubs in New York that's still standing? That's so historic. Did you ever shoot the Village Vanguard in New York? I never shot there. I've, I've been there a couple of th- three times or so. But um, when I when I started uh, branching out and I wound up getting uh, assignments from different magazines, I I spent a lot of time in New York, um, primarily working for Swing Journal, which was the uh, Mm-hmm. Kind of the jazz Bible in Japan at that mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and they would send me on assignments to cover like uh, Newport in New York and and events like that. And that's where I also did uh, uh, photo interviews with people like Cecil Taylor and Oh Wow, and Sun Ra and some of those people. So uh, amazing. I, I've been to the Village Vanguard, but I never photographed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, Viral, I did a series on Sun Rod designing for a jazz company in Philadelphia, a whole series on, on and Sun Ra, uh, I knew way back from ESP Disc, who uh, Holly interviewed the owner, uh, Bernard, and also Bernard started me in my career uh, designing jazz for like Albert Eiler and all those great people. And yeah. um, I, I just wanted to know, Sun Ra used to come in the office, and the one thing I remember he said was, space is the place. I never forgot space that. Space is the place, yeah. 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 He was phenomenal. Um, that's great. There, there's a great book by John Swed. Uh that's the name of the of the title of his book is Space is a Place. Oh really? Um, wow. <laughs> a, a great biography on Sunrise. We have to get but, that uh, one. Yeah, that you right. Know what I wanna, oh no, totally. You know what I want to hear, Merle? Why don't you tell us some of your stories on about some of the people that you photographed and some of the stories that went along with it, like that you right. had to well, be there moment. Probably, yeah, yeah, we want to hear those. Probably one of the best stories. Probably one of the best stories is actually Sun Ra. Um, 
I, oh, really? I first met him. I first met him in the in the Bay Area in the late seventies, mm-hmm. and I caught him on a, double, mm-hmm. a couple of different occasions. And then I had reached out to, um, uh, as I mentioned, Swing Journal in Japan, and and uh, told him I I thought it'd be a, a good idea if they uh, did a photo story of Sun Ra in his home in uh, in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. uh, actually, mm-hmm. lived in Germantown, a little suburb of, of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they said, "Yeah, we'd definitely like to see that." Mm. So, so over the course of two years, I I wound up um, on three different occasions. I I caught Sun Ra, and on the final year, uh, it was like 1980. We we met. I took the subway from New York and met him in in. Uh, in his home in Philadelphia, in George or Germantown, and uh, he had a number of the orchestra members with him on on hand that day, and got a nice shot of that. And then Sunra spent about an hour or so just uh, talking with me. He shared some of his poetry, which I included in the book, right. and we got a number mm-hmm. of really good photographs uh, of him from New York, from San Francisco, from uh, from Germantown, and. It's it's really quite a story that uh, spread out. It was actually spread out over about three years when and we incorporated wow. all that into the book. You you have uh, you know you have Quincy Jones, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, uh, that book, right, right, Holly, and he's yeah. got a great yeah, shot. Yeah, the forward. Really, Quincy. How did you get mm-hmm. together with Quincy on this? This is very interesting. Yeah. Well, how, uh, I guess happen? it helped a little bit to be at about the same age as Quincy. I'm, I'm a little younger, but mm-hmm. not much. Um, and I mm-hmm. photographed him on a number of occasions. But um, mm-hmm. uh, the main link for for me getting in touch with uh, Quincy and his people was um, a gal by the name of Darlene Chan, who uh, she heads up mm-hmm. Festival West uh, Productions in Los Angeles. And she's been uh-huh. coming on the Playboy Jazz Festival on the West Coast for yes. like 35 uh-huh. years or so now. But uh, she helped uh, provide a link there, and I got got in touch with uh, with with the with Quincy's team, and I sent them off a uh, a proposal. It was actually the book proposal that I had offered to Schiffer Publishing, the uh, the people who actually published my book, mm-hmm. and it was a just a sampling of the uh, of the uh, I, the actual uh, proposal that I made to the the publisher, and uh, Quincy's people sat down there on a on a staff meeting one day and they checked it out and called back and said that uh, Quincy would be delighted to write a forward. I I'm really oh, impressed awesome. with. Holly, you know, mm-hmm. we're really impressed with your background and all these great jazz greats. Let me ask you a question. Are there other pictures? You must have other pictures of other jazz you couldn't put in the book, right? Other Yeah, jazz? that that's part of the problem. I my publisher wanted me to um wanted to limit it to two hundred and eighty eight pages and I you know, I I met with him on a couple of occasions. I said, you know, I really in order <laughs> to make this uh Really, the way I want, but I really need a few more pages. So, I was able to convince him to use 328 pages. So we got about 40 more, right? And mm-hmm. uh, wound up with like 340 photographs. But I, if I were to do something in the future, um, I've got plenty of material that that could be used. 
Oh, that was so you, great. Could you name some of the jazz artists that are not in the book? I'm just curious, because you've done a whole thing, oh, I bet. Sure. Um, I, do you want real important names or all kinds yeah, of jazz Yeah, I would people? say oh, names whoever. that we all, Yeah, whatever. We all want right to know, yeah. Uh, right. Well, like keyboardists, for example, I've, I've got uh, really nice photographs of uh, Hampton Hawes, um, uh, Andrew Hill. Wow. Uh, Bob wow. James, mm-hmm. Keith Jarrett. Oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. It is. It have is you ever really. done have you ever done an exhibit of any of your photos? Have they ever gone on? Yeah, I have. I um I had a one man show at California State University in Sacramento a couple almost three years ago. Um Okay. And we're in the process right now of reaching out to um a number of uh, photography galleries and museums across the country. Oh, that's great. And, uh, mm-hmm. Right now there's about a dozen that have expressed uh, interest, so we've... Oh, um, sure, yeah. Oh, sure. And, and that, that's one of the goals is to uh, is to try and reach that, that audience as well. That's yeah, I'm, I'm really I mean, glad. Uh, uh, Holly and I agree, uh, I'm sure, on this. We're really glad you came. They designed a good book for you because sometimes that's a... That's a drawback. Some, some great photographers have had books, but they're not well designed. But this book is beautifully designed, and uh, it's very important, I think, in book design to have a, you know your book out with good design. This publisher did a job, make sure that was done, right? Yeah, I uh, I have to credit both uh, my youngest daughter Alexis and and yeah. her husband, um, who they their expertise is design and branding. Yeah. So they That's came up awesome. with a lot of the ideas. Um, oh, I don't know if you have a copy of the book, but um, oh yeah, we have. Took off the, the the jacket cover and mm-hmm. and saw the uh, the image there that's reversed out of Miles it's Davis gorgeous. done in silver. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's um, incredible. That, that was that was their idea to do that, and we. Um, <laughs> the nice thing is is that when in working with the um, with the team at Schiffer. Uh, we became pleasantly surprised on, on the way that they actually treated um, a lot of the photography and the way it was tied in with the writing. So uh, yeah. you're right about the, the, the design. It's it's really important to, uh, yeah. to make it I'm so glad you got that. Yeah. It's beautiful, and I want to thank both your daughter and your son-in-law for helping me get this interview together too as well because I know that there was a lot of back and forth emails but you know what's really important is that you're here and that we have such a great book here and so many memories and I'm sure that you have a lot of other things you'd like to discuss you know um, why don't we talk about who some of your uh, favorite people were and you know to photograph is I know it's pretty hard to pick out just one but any stories to go along with that besides the one that you told me about Sun Ra? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you happen to look at the the story I did on, on uh, Yusuf Latif. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. He, in my mind, um, he was probably one of the or actually the most photogenic artists I ever came across. Wow. And, uh, really? Something about him. He, he when I first so I'm in, in performance. It was in a really dark club, and um, 
the the silhouette shot that I got of him there with his oboe. Oh, that's an incredible um, shot. Mm-hmm. Incredible it, shot. It was mm-hmm. it really kind of set the mood for for everything about uh, him, and it was one of those one of those situations where I just had to meet him and talk with him in person after I had had that opportunity to uh, to photograph him for the first time, and. Mm-hmm. The guy was really uh, as down to earth as as could possibly be, and um, it what I what I thought going into the whole situation was it was going to be really difficult to uh, have any conversation with him because he he seemed like um, just really distant and mysterious. But um, it was the exact opposite when I got uh, spent some time with him and uh, photographed really? him in a home and. Uh, it's just kind of interesting the, the the different personalities that you come across, and from the from the time you see them in performance, and then actually uh, spend some time away from the stage. But uh, he was yeah, really I bet. Now, what about Thelonious um, Monk? I think he's really incredible. You have in the book uh, Thelonious, you know. Yeah, um, I spent a long time. Uh, trying to understand everything about him musically. Mm-hmm. And what really fascinated me about Monk was was his uh, compositions. Right. And mm-hmm. nobody that you can, I mean, you can listen to any music, any composers in any style of music, but nobody actually uh, was able to to do in, in kind of a simplified manner uh, what Monk could do. It, it his his tunes are really um, deep, but uh, if you sit and listen to him for for a few times, you really can get attached. Um, he was he was really something. I, I he wasn't the, the kind of guy that was very approachable, at least not to me. But mm-hmm. um, but I certainly spent as much time as I could following him and listening to him as often as I could. Yeah, the, you, you have, have a you have a section called unexpected unexpected treats. The the people in that section are amazing. Uh, Dizzy Gillespie, Count Basie, Oscar Peterson. My God, it goes on and on. Clark Terry, yeah. John McLaughlin. That that's a great section. That's a great added section you put in. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried to uh, on on that situation. I I tried to um, pull out some things that most people didn't know necessarily. Um, about, uh, like everybody knows about Dizzy Gillespie, but uh, not that many knew that uh, John Faddis, who was was his alter ego uh, as a young young student, he just was devoted to Gillespie. And before he became really famous, the two of them shared the stage and and both could play in the in the upper stratosphere as far as the trumpet is concerned. Um, I lost Spencer there for a minute. There he is. Yeah, hi. I got cut off. It's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. He was talking about John. The John McLaughlin and and Carlos Santana uh, story, that Mm -hmm. was kind of interesting because um, Mm -hmm. it was an afternoon when when Carlos wasn't even announced, um, and he just happened to show up on stage without his guitar. (laughs) That's great. And he and McLaughlin shared one Mm -hmm. instrument that was... That was pretty interesting. 
You know what I wanted to ask you about um, was I know that you did some work for Jazz Magazine in Paris. Um, yep. Did you get to go to Europe? And ha- if you had gone, you did go over there, I'm sure. How did sure. Um, the jazz in Europe compare to the jazz here in America? Because I know that there was a big fine line there. Um you know, there was a little bit difference. There was uh, different music being played over there because they hadn't had all the American musicians come to Paris yet. Well, uh, the thing I found about uh, about Europe, European audiences is that they're much more mm-hmm. open to uh, uh, virtually every kind of yeah. uh, style that you can uh, listen to. And especially mm-hmm. plural, especially free form, unstructured jazz, which we know about. Um, you know, yeah. it's like Japan, Japan especially. I mean, all through my life uh, designing for jazz, I knew that Japan was a major country in uh, uh, in that jazz area, right? I mean, Japan was yes. really big time. Absolutely. Um, so, Europe, what you, were you saying about Europe, Paris? I'm sorry. The, uh, I was going to say the Europeans were the, really the first to uh, welcome the art ensemble of Chicago. Um, wow. And they spent mm-hmm. like three, two or three months uh, straight there, and they just wowed a lot of audiences. They were so off the wall from anything that, that uh, they'd seen before. And where they couldn't necessarily draw hardly any crowds in the United States, they were really welcomed throughout Europe. Well, yeah, you know well, you Paris, know, right? I mean, Paris was the foundation a for jazz, right, Viral? Uh, say that again. He's there. I'm sorry, we cut out. Go ahead, Spencer. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Paris was a foundation for jazz. Um, a lot of the albums yes. uh, from the so far back, right, 30s. I mean, we're talking about jazz yeah. was the open open ship for jazz, right? Yeah, there's, you um, know, in, in a lot of ways, they, uh, the Europeans were much more receptive to, uh, yeah. and, and, and it kind of carries on to today. There's, uh, if you go over there from spring on through October, there's festivals going every weekend in, uh, in several different countries all the time, and, and mm-hmm. huge turnout for that. Wow. You know, um, in all your traveling, um, what country did you find really closely was as close to American jazz? What what was what had a similarity in in the music between the countries um, of that you visited? Well, I I covered uh, I covered Nice, and I covered Antibes, and I covered North Sea and Holland. Mm-hmm. Uh, well. And oh, wow. virtually, you see some of the same artists. Um, it's just that there's more of it in, in Europe. They seem mm-hmm. to, for example, when you go to North Sea, uh, they have something like um, six or seven stages with music going on at all times. Oh, wow. And you have wow. to pick and choose what you want to take in because uh, mm. there's so much so much covered. That's incredible. Um, so that must have been like a... a a, a dream for you being able to take all these different 
photos of different people and, and, and the lifestyle over there and the lifestyle yeah. here as well. Um, yeah. What about... Um, what about the different venues that you were um, shooting in here in the United States? Uh, what were some of your favorites that I know may not be there anymore, but what were some of your favorite venues that you shot in? Well, uh, I enjoyed shooting at uh, Keystone Corner before that folded. Uh, mm-hmm. Todd Barkin was the, was the owner of Keystone Corner in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. He's He's currently in New York and was actually just named uh, an NEA Jazz Master uh, oh, in wow. mm-hmm. so, so he continues with uh, producing and all kinds of other things. But uh, that was a great club to shoot in. Um, the, the back cover photo of uh, Elvin Jones, that, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. that was at the Keystone Corner. And the, the shot of Don Polin um, in my afterword in the book, where mm-hmm. he's in the uh, deep re- recesses yeah. of Keystone Corner of the stairs. Yeah. Uh, that was done there. Um, so some of the more intimate clubs, that, uh, that certainly uh, st- kind of sticks in your mind. Uh, one place that, that mm-hmm. really really was perfect for photographing was uh-huh. uh, was uh, Bear's Lair. It, it's a little basement room on the campus of... Uh, of Berkeley, University of California, Berkeley. Oh, really? And that's where I, mm-hmm. that's where I photographed. Uh, Interesting. Um, yeah. Yep. You and know, that's where I, I photographed Bill I, Evans with that, that image of oh, him with yeah. his head uh, touched over. Mm-hmm. Wow. I bet you got to see a lot of people when they were first starting out and they were unknown, really, to the jazz world, and now it's like they're iconic names. Um, yeah, that's kind of the truth. Um, yeah, yeah, I for, bet. For example, uh, uh, do you know the pianist, uh, uh, Patrice Russian? No. Yes, I, I know the um, name. I know the name. Not. Anyway, she she's in Los Angeles. She's still still performing, but uh, I caught her as a 17-year-old at, at the Monterey Jazz Festival when she, was, she had her debut on a Sunday afternoon there. And she just looked like a little mm-hmm. kid. She was so pretty. <laughs> um, you know, you know, Viral, When I worked, when I worked on my first jazz albums, I was working for like Pharaoh Sanders and yep. and oh my God, Bob James. You know, designing for yeah. their albums, and I had no idea that they were going to be an Albert Eiler. I mean, you know, these are people now are destined to be are iconic, and the people you shot in those sure. days, which Ollie brought up, very good point, Ollie. You, you were shooting these people at a time when they were just starting, and you know you didn't know. And boom, right now they're icon- all these names in the book are iconic. Yeah, absolutely. You what were you saying you about your seven to seventeen-year-old? Yeah, your friend, but, the girl you that you saw. you mentioned Carol Sanders. He he's really enjoying mm-hmm. a uh, a resurgence right now. I yeah, he is. Probably, he is. He did. He's probably. He was in New York. Virally uh, just yeah. played in New York. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, been uncovered, basically, as far as uh, the public is concerned. It's but, true. Uh, Very true. I, I got some early photos of him that, uh, you know, at, at the time you thought uh, this, this is really strange music. But uh, but he, if you wait around long enough, these people uh, really get to uh, enjoy some limelight. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I bet. I bet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
What about Art Blakely? Um, working with him. Oh yeah, Art Blakely. Wow. He's he was a, a fabulous guy. Really is uh, personable and and accommodating as anybody I ever ran across. And uh, mm-hmm. were were not for Art Blakey, uh there would be dozens of uh, really well-known jazz people today who wouldn't have made it as far as they did because he provided the uh, the incubator for all these great musicians with with the jazz messengers. Hmm. Wow. Where do you see jazz going now? I mean, I know that you're here on the West Coast. I know it's so different in all the different areas throughout the United States, but where do you see jazz going um, right now? Well, um, I still follow it as much as I can, but I, you know, I stopped mm-hmm. photographing in 1990 um, when, mm-hmm. when our house flooded, and I kind of went into a funk and didn't... Uh, do anything for 20 years, but uh, so I, as far as photographing, I, I stopped photographing, but I've I've always continued to listen to music and to follow the artists who are on the scene today. It's, uh, well, it's not. It's well, not we want to get you uh, out there and photograph more. We want to get <laughs> you back out there photographing. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. But, hey, Viral, uh, I got to ask you a question. Um, we've had Holly and I had some very famous. Rock and roll drummers interviewed on our show, which was done books sure. or played, and all of them look to guess who? Buddy Rich, who you have in yep. here. I love it. I love that. Uh, tell us about Buddy Rich. Uh, Buddy Rich is uh, he gets kind of a bad rap when you uh, when you listen to uh, critics and others, you know, who uh, thought he was he was kind of standoffish and uh, really? full of himself wow. and everything. But um, but I I really enjoyed being around Buddy because um, and it might have just been because I was carrying cameras every time he saw me, but um, <laughs> we got along really well and he was uh, just as open and as inviting as could possibly be. And, yeah, uh, great drummer, great drummer. Yeah, he was fabulous. Drummer. That is true. A lot of them do reference back to Buddy Rich. Yeah, that's interesting. Um. You know, I know that you've worked uh, also Duke Ellington and Count Basie. Um, mm. What was that like to be around <laughs> yeah, I- such big so, icons? I mean, wow. Sure, um, my first exposure with Duke Ellington was when I was um, I was doing public relations work for a casino in uh, in uh-huh. Rio, and. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, Duke came to play at Harris Club for two weeks, and uh, I I didn't miss one of his shows. I I got off work like around uh, ten or eleven uh, every night from where uh-huh. I was working at, in this uh, PR job at the club, and I would go down to Harris and I would catch uh, catch his act from like uh, eleven o'clock on and from two o'clock and so forth. But for two weeks, I didn't miss one of his shows. Wow. And, um, oh, wow. Anyway, Incredible. I, I, I mentioned in the book, I, I think he, even after uh, a couple of weeks, Duke probably thought I was part of the scenery because I was <laughs> walking around all the time with my cameras and even <laughs> photographed him uh, catching a, a snooze in his dressing room on one wow. shot. So, But both he and, and Count Basie were just uh, outstanding people. I I had many good moments with uh, with both 
of them, but especially, uh, uh, I guess the, the most affable would be uh, Count Basie. He was just open and generous and really, really fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Wow. And you, ha- and you were there for those moments that really made music history. Um, mm-hmm. Wow. That just, uh, you must have such great memories of so many different things. And besides just being there to take in the photographs, you know, you also were there for the energy and got to see great music and hear great music. Um, who were some of your favorite female jazz artists that you worked with that um, you photographed? Well, uh, I loved Sarah Vaughan, um, but also, I, uh, as far as singers go, I, I really, really liked Betty Carter. And uh, mm-hmm. she was she was really an individual stylist, a, a real jazz uh, singer because um, she was she was so in touch with the, the music that uh, she would she would uh, go to all these different places to uh, listen to different uh, pianists and bassists and drummers that that she eventually would hire for her own group. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was very meticulous, very very demanding, um, but the results, you could really tell the results when, when she performed because she was really in tune with, with the rest of her section. Uh, mm-hmm. No, did uh, you do a lot of behind-the-scenes type thing? Did you, you said you mentioned that you were in the dressing rooms sometimes. What kind of things were going on in the dressing rooms, you know, pretty normal stuff? I want to hear the normal stuff. What were they? What were they talking about? I mean, were they all going over set lists and what they were going to do, what they were going to wear? What What was going on uh, behind the scenes so there? I, um, I, I spent quite a quite a few occasions with Paul Blay, the pianist, um, mm-hmm. in the dressing room, and he was like the. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, you kind of look at him and with his pipe and everything. He he reminded you of the. Um, of the really deep-thinking professor, and uh-huh. he would, uh, you know, with, with one or two people in the dressing room with him, uh, he would just uh, kind of talk in 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 these esoteric uh, mannerisms. But uh, but what he would communicate would would be as insightful as as his uh, compositions and what he actually played in performance. Really mm-hmm. an interesting guy to be around. You you have in the book Paul and Carla Blake. I know both of them from uh, going back with ESP. Uh, tell sure. us about Carla, Carla Blake. Um, Carla was uh, was really interesting. Um, yeah. What I did with her in the book was um, she hadn't been in in the Bay Area for a long time. I think it had been about a dozen years, but she yeah. grew up in Oakland across the bay, and her father used to take her to uh, over to the Cliff House in San Francisco, and at the, at the end of the cliff house facing the ocean was this um, music arcade called the Musique Mechanique. And um, so she went there with her father, and, the, and his, her father would place quarters in, in the machines, and she would listen to all these contraptions with, with musical uh, sounds and farm animal sounds, all different kinds of, uh, of, of uh, different whether it was music or just uh, any 
any kind of other sounds. And she was, mm-hmm. became really fascinated with that. Um, when when I met her, this was like, uh, uh, like I say, about a dozen years after she had been away for so long. And she brought mm-hmm. a recorder with her because um, what she wanted to get across was what she had done the previous year. Mm-hmm. Uh, she took, she recorded all these different sounds coming from the mechanical music machines. Wow. And, um, and then somehow composed music around this, and she produced mm. her her album the year before we met called um, Music Mechanique. And mm-hmm. um, so it was it was really interesting to spend some time with her, you know, just kind of visualizing how she's able to to take these unusual sounds and yeah. really fascinating. And then incorporate them in her music. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, she was very visionary. Wow. Very visionary. Mm-hmm. Right? Still is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. She They did a reunion here. I believe uh, she was there at uh, ESP. I was there. I believe she played there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got an email from um, from Steve Swallow, her partner. Uh, oh, okay. She had, uh, Carla and Steve Swallow had just gotten back from uh, when he emailed it. They had just gotten back from Vietnam and they were in, in Brussels. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, I, "I don't know how we got here, but this is where we came, where we were last night." And mm-hmm. so they're they're still out there. Just performing and, and composing. Doing music, yeah. That's great. That's great. You know, That's great. I love how they've, you know, kept a lot of the, you know, classic jazz, which really is a lot of what you really saw. I mean, um, tell me about how you came up with the uh, title for your book, Jazz in Available Light. What does that mean to, to you? Great title. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically. Basically, what I decided early on was that um, I would never use a strobe light or anything uh, artificial mm-hmm. to to take my my photographs. And mm-hmm. even in the, the the worst lighting conditions, like a, a darkened club, I decided that I, I'm going to do the best I can with the the light that I have. And mm-hmm. part of the reason was that uh, at, at times I'd be in, in different um, venues, and some guy would be flashing a strobe, um, mm. and it bothers the audience, it bothers the musicians. Right. It's, uh, oh, sure. Not right. Sure. Very good uh, point. I figured that, you know, these are creative people. Um, you don't want to mess with their creativity by having something foreign like artificial lighting. So mm-hmm. that was basically uh, the reason for available light, child's and available light. Have you... I just, have you uh, and your? I just feel it, it, yeah. Have, I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean like to cut the, you off. It, it just feels to me much more natural to, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to photograph with whatever light is available. That's cool. Sure. You know, I was thinking about you saying that where you were going, where you're going to have a exhibit or you know have a show or anything like that. Have you thought about the Smithsonian at all? Has this, have you um, gone to the Smithsonian and talked to them about it? Uh, That'd I haven't gotten to that point yet, but, um, mm-hmm. but uh, there are some, some uh, outfits that I think are, are really amenable to, to what I've created. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, great. I spent some time uh, last year when I was with my publisher in, in uh, outside of Philadelphia. There's a museum there that uh, that I think is is interested, maybe wanting to uh, eventually show some of my work. You, you know, it's a oh, great I gallery, Girl. I was uh, I was in the, the Who Shot Rock and Roll show that traveled from Brooklyn sure. to Annenberg. Yep. Annenberg Gallery, you should check out in L.A. Yep. They do great photo shows. The Annenberg Gallery in L.A. You should check that out. Okay. Um, yeah, we, yeah we he's here on the west to, coast of. Uh, Great stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've so got you, feelers going we've been in uh, Los Angeles, Dallas, uh, Tucson, um, New York, wow, great. New Jersey, Great. Yeah, I would... I would really like to see like something done where it's you can do a book signing along with the show. Sure. That's yeah. what and you should do. And then, yeah, a book signing, you know, Very have a point. night where... Maybe um, they can even do it. You know what's really funny, and Burl, you know that because you're here on the West Coast. Maybe do it at a winery where they do it for sure. their wine club wine club idea. members, or maybe yeah. some of their the vineyards, and do like a oh. jazz night. Have mm-hmm. some yeah. local jazz musicians in, great or idea. have That's the people great. that are still, sure. um, you know, around from the book. And they would come in some of these relationships you have, and you could do like a like a night with one or two of the jazz musicians, and do a book signing, yeah. have them have the photos up, and do a dinner or something uh, like that. You know. Sure. We we went to uh, um, Monterey last month, and I I, I signed books there. Um, on, on the where in Monterey? Yeah, it's Monterey. Where were you? Oh, um, nice. Where was I? Yeah, at, at, at the, the Monterey, Monterey Jazz, Jazz Festival. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's oh, awesome. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I signed books there. Now, have you ever done yeah, the Long Beach uh, Jazz Festival? Uh, mhm. Long Beach Jazz Festival would be good for you. Sure. Um, that could go along with the uh, Playboy Jazz Fest. I know they are still doing it on the Queen Mary, aren't they? Uh, as far as I know, I, um, and I know there, there's a lot of cruises that have uh, have jazz, uh, kind of a mm-hmm. continuing jazz festival. Jazz fest, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I want to give your website out real quick so that people can oh, go and find the Im- images. Go ahead and give that website out. Do you have that with you? Sure. It's jazzinavailablelight.com. If anyone wants to email me, they can just uh, uh, verl at jazzandavailablelight.com. So it's V-E-R-Y-S. Fantastic. Well, we were we would definitely like to, uh, you know, have you back if you um, are going to be, you know, doing more stuff. I, I'd love to know, you know, how this sure. all comes out because this is such a great presentation and a great, um, you know, collection of images. And I think that Appreciate you, um, I'd love to see you get out there and, and do something, do do more with this, because you've got such a story to tell, you know. Mm-hmm. You know hopefully there will be some more interest. Uh, the December issue of uh, Downbeat Magazine uh, 
Hills mm-hmm. got a feature. Uh, they interviewed me, and they're running a story in their holiday gift guide issue. So, and that's already out online. So I've seen that. What is that again? Could you give that out? To it's Downbeat uh, Magazine, the De- December issue. Okay. All right. Um, so, and so are you planning any anything else? Me uh, up. Any more book signings? Well, there's, there's a number of irons in the fire, but uh, nothing know, to announce yet. Yeah. yeah. Will you announce that on your website when you um, yeah, are ready yes. to do that? Oh, sure. great. We're, okay. We're possibly adding to that. There's there's a section on the website called uh, Newsworthy, and you can see what mm-hmm. uh, what's been done already as far as promoting the book and. Uh, Oh, fantastic! Well, I I totally embrace this book, and I know Spencer does too, and we both uh, are so excited that you're here yeah. with us today talking about this. Do you have anything more that you'd like to talk about with this book? Because um, there's so much. I mean, you know, all the different projects and and different things that you've gotten involved in. Um, do you have anything more? you'd like to talk about? Well, the main thing I, I wanted to get across was that, um, that these people in jazz um, are really special people. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I just don't... Uh, the main reason that I wrote the book besides uh, wanted to have my work seen was to uh, expose these people that uh, in many cases have not gotten all the, the attention that they deserve. And the fact oh, that uh, what they have produced is, is timely. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really important it that is timely. more and more people see who these great artists are and, and what they were able to accomplish. I think, oh, I I think you're ready you. for volume two, uh, Viral. I think you're ready for a volume two of all the pictures that are yeah, not in this book. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I've got enough material. I just don't know exactly how I would um, put it together. I don't know that I would have as many stories uh, if I were to yeah. do a volume two. But but my publisher has already asked me about doing a second book. So oh really? Oh well, wow. then you know, then you better do it. They're asking <laughs> you to do one, then you do it. Okay. How do you, you like that psychic vibe? All right. No, well, seriously, would you? When you have a publisher say to you, hey, when are you doing your second book? Right, then exactly. Then you know that you've got a deal, okay? That's so, exactly right. You know, that, that, well, if, seriously, if Red, that's if not Red easy Velvet to come by. Media thinks I should do something, that, that, I no, guess well, I we do Oh, well, we all think you should. Both Spencer and I both think you should be doing oh, your yeah, second book. Oh, yeah, are you kidding? Are you kidding, girl? Your history, your history, yeah. man. You've got some great, I mean, I can that's only imagine. That's a good imagine. one, Holly. That's a good one. The that's other pictures. One. No, seriously. Think about it. Oh, when are you going to do your second book? And that's coming from a publisher, not just someone in the office or, or someone else, just the publisher. Yeah. They're ready. Yeah, let me like, get all you, right, uh, get your picture. Uh, Holly, let me get in on this one. <laughs> Viral, I, we've done like 21 pop culture books. You don't know this, but uh, no, a I, publisher. I, I, I reviewed some of the work that you've done. I, you, you've got an impressive list of things. Oh, oh thank you. But but what Holly, mm-hmm. I want to point out what Holly's saying. It's a very good point. I've had publishers come to me and they said, "What? Well, just the same thing. When are you doing your second book?" Holly's right on on this. 
and I, we would do it. And then there's a book, you know, so you got to do it. Yeah. Just like Holly said, you got to do it. Well, it's just a matter of uh, how how it's going to look, and it's going to be a little bit a little bit different than what I did with Jazz and Available Light. So uh, you could do that. Um, you could do that. How about yeah, I've got jazz? Material, we can do jazz sure. in a second light. We can do jazz <laughs> wow, in a that's second a good light. One. That could be. The, that's a great that title, the, Holly. The second book, jazz <laughs> second light. Yeah. No, that's seriously. a good idea. Wow, that's a great I, title. I really That's think a great that title, that Holly. Great. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's Remember a that. bunch that's of people a great listening title. that are going to go and take that, just like they take my name, Joe, so it's all good. <laughs> we wanna, I, I want to say something really funny here. This, I have to say this, Spencer. When I <laughs> go ahead. Red Velvet Media years ago, there was nothing Red Velvet except the cupcakes that I loved. And the red velvet from the Waldorf Astoria. Now there's red velvet toothpaste and there's red velvet shampoo. And um, I've had to tell so many companies, please, if you're going to use red velvet, don't add media to it. You're right, you're right. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So there you go. I mean, I guess the name is a success because it's gone there, but I'm still – so we're still doing things. So, you know, Spencer and I do yeah. this. I do things. We Spencer does things. Spencer's got a show going on right now in New York. Um, I don't know if you know this, role. Yeah, I look up. His, I look up. Um, I that up, too. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we got the Velvet yeah, Underground. Yeah. yeah, it's really yeah. cool. It's a great. I bought, talk about photographs. Uh, Viral, great. A lot of, lot of photography. And um, in the show, uh, we have some yeah. of our work there, Judith and I. But it's like it's like an incredible history of the velvet uh, and the culture around them. So it's kind of like this two two floor show with major visuals, uh, videos, and fo- photography. Uh, very consuming, but a great show going on now till December thirtieth in New York. And thanks for yeah, the plug. Yeah, like, December thirtieth. Yeah. You know what? I would love to see. I would love to see. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever done this, but with Verl's, you know, jazz, the whole the mm-hmm. whole thing about jazz is doing a show about jazz and the whole the culture behind it and right. what it was mm-hmm. like. And you know Good what idea. I miss? And and I said this in L.A. when I went to L.A. Um, uh, for the first time years ago. It was like I said. You know what would be so cool is to go into a find a, a nightclub or a supper club, you know, that had like the stage with the jazz playing or beautiful music and a woman True. in you know yes. long dress singing, you know, and the smoky atmosphere. And they oh and and the place you know would all be Art Deco or Art Nouveau or something you know to go along with it to keep with it. Because, you know, it's funny, during that whole time, everybody, even though the world was, like, in such chaos like it is today, um, they still knew how to celebrate, and they knew how to have a good time, and they knew how to appreciate beautiful music, and people weren't letting the war and other things affect, you know, they're going out and enjoying music and the artists were still creating. So I found a place that was called Atlas 
and it was beautiful. It was like going, wow. stepping back in time. The place was, wow. and I'm not sure. I think they closed it, but wow. um, what a great name, Atlas. It was really yeah, cool. It yeah. had like beautiful marble floors in the crumb. It was just really Jeez. neat. They had a lot of jazz musicians coming in playing. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I miss that. I, 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 I mean, Music has a great calming effect, in the, even in the it? most trying of times. It does. Yeah, there are, you, know, you know, Holly, you brought up a good point, because in New York, uh, in fact, a very good point, mm-hmm. there's a couple of clubs, like, in New York that have the the keyboard, you know, the piano, and uh, artists mm-hmm. play small clubs. There are some in New York. There's one, I'm thinking, I can't think of the name, though, but... You know, Suzanne Vega did a couple of nights, or uh, but uh-huh. it's a keyboard type of setup with, 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 into jazz also. Yeah, and so it's like it's like a jazz club, you know. Exactly, you're on the right line there. Exactly, really, very good. It's like very so different, with, you know, stepping yeah. stepping back in time. It, I think that's probably why um, Midnight in Paris is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> it's like I love that movie. <laughs> That yeah, it's a great like film. You can, wow. You go back in time, you get to meet all the different writers. That was all about writing, but still the music was still there, too. I mean, uh, it was kind of cool. Um, what I wanted to say, um, you know, before we ended our show, was I am going to be ending it with um, another piece of music that was asked for me to play. I wanted to ask you a little bit about that um, Birdland Weather Report. Oh, sure. Weather Report? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Weather Report uh, was one of a kind. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that. What do you you know about? Uh, Well, the the best experience I had with Weather Report was when they uh, were at the beginning of their uh, 60-city tour throughout the world. Of, um, mm-hmm. And they wound up producing the the Grammy Award winning album uh, 8:30 Weather Report 8:30, mm-hmm. and I caught them mm-hmm. in, at the Berkeley Community Theater on the high school campus at, at Berkeley, and wow. it was just a fabulous concert. Mm. Oh wow! Great group. Well, you know, before we go today, um, did you want to stick around for our pop culture news? Because I know, Spencer, you've got a little bit. Well, actually, we won't play the music. We'll just go right into it. Did you yeah, want to stay, right ha- hang out with us, Pearl? Yeah, sure. For Pearl, our yeah. pop culture news? Yeah. Okay, so Spencer. Yes. Go for <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, in New York, uh, some pop culture news. I was at the... Um, uh, which Charlie knew about. We uh, I, w- I attended Pam Springsteen and David Michael Kennedy's show at the Morrison Hotel. We had Peter Blakely on last week, uh, the co-owner. Uh, incredible show. And Pam Springsteen does these incredible... Both of them did photos of uh, Bruce uh, during his life, and they're gorgeous photographs. Michael David Kennedy is well-known for the album cover, front cover for the Nebraska album for Bruce, but they did uh, incredible photography. And Morrison's having Mick Rock, a very big event uh, that I've worked with, uh, on November 7th. And it's the Queen series of photographs, because he shot for Lou Reed, Queen, um, Bowie, a lot of famous people. And that's the theme, November 7th. Yeah, the Bohemian and, Rhapsody thing. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the movie's out, right, Holly? And, mm-hmm. the, and the album, The mm-hmm. Greatest Queens Hits, is a top ten in Billboard. So that thing's rocking. Uh, Anthony DeCurtis, who's the author of Lou Reed of Life, who we're, Judith and I are mentioning with Sylvia Reed, he's having an event at the gallery, at the Velvet Underground Gallery, 718 Broadway, November 6th. And there's a great... Warhol art opening, November 6th, the same day at the Whitney Museum. I'm going to go to both of these. And last but not least, Little Kids in Rock, they do a show every year for the kids and music mm-hmm. and music influence. Last year it was Bonnie Raitt and Elvis Costello. This year another artist, and that's November 8th in New York. So there's a number of things coming up, but very interesting in music. And, um, and uh, whatever, you know, onward and forward. For us, right? It's all good, yeah. It's all yeah. good. It's all so, good. So, Merle, what do you have planned for the weekend? Um, just <laughs> I'm working on some uh, Instagram posts. That's part of my. Uh, oh, uh, nice. Alexis, Alexis has gotten me into social media, so that's uh, something uh-huh. I'm kind of new to. But uh, that's all. I put. Yeah, that's also I available through my website. Book. Yeah. 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 I posted your book but, up. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Spencer, you mentioned the uh, Morrison Hotel. They they have a really fine gallery, and that's probably where you Absolutely. really attuned. Yeah, I mean, uh, they. I could hook you up. I mean, I you know the well, jazz area. They're more into rock and roll, but I mean, you yeah, know, they've got lots of rock and roll, but they they've Blakely, done some jazz too. He knows Holly and I. He's been on I'm our show sorry, before. I'm sorry. What were you But if you want, I can hook you up with Peter. Hold on. Peter Blake. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on one minute. What were you saying, Verl? I I could hear, I couldn't hear oh, you. I what just, were you saying about the Morrison? I was just saying we we're we're already in touch with uh, Morrison Hotel Gallery people. Oh, um, great, great. But, That's fantastic. but you're right. They, it's mostly rock and roll, but they also have had some jazz people too featured. Good, yeah, they good. Have. Right, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. I know. I know Excellent. that uh, Joni Mitchell has um, photographed some jazz stuff, and I know that a few sure. of her mm-hmm. things have gone up. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in fact, uh, yeah, definitely. Her 75th birthday is, is November 7th. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's so I'm, I'm getting ready to do another show. Wow. And, yeah. and she's getting and ready to do another show. And my birthday is November 6th, Holly. My birthday is November I know. 6th, so everything falls into place. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then we and then we go into the December month, so that'll be fun. And yep. my birthday's like a week before Christmas. Ooh, I, I love that. Yes, it's like because... crazy. Yeah. No, but we're getting we're getting in, and Verl can under Verl can understand this because he's on the West Coast. So we're having a really yeah. amazing Indian summer. Verl can attest Ooh, to that. Really lucky. Verl, you lucky know, you. I'm closer. Yeah, well, I'm closer to the Oregon border here, so it's like really popping here. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, wow! And I know great. the Sacramento River right now, Verl, along there, it's just gorgeous right yep. now. Um, yeah, it's about you know, two degrees. Today. Yeah, it's pretty nice, oh, pretty cool yep. out here. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we're going to end our show with the song that we spoke about. And uh, I wanted to say really quickly to everyone listening um, that this show will be available if you missed it again on iTunes and also on demand as a podcast on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio, 
Spencer and I will be back next. Oh, we won't be back next Friday. Next Friday we're taking off. Um, but we will be back the following Friday. And um, please don't drink and drive this weekend. It's a beautiful weekend. Enjoy it. And uh, what else did we want to say? Anything else? Uh, we hope the world gets its shit together. That's all I can say um, about that. There's just way too much. I couldn't even turn the news on today, so I didn't want to go there. Just too much <laughs> coming at me from every oh, direction. God, yeah. So we want to think about happy things, you know, um, and uh, get out there and vote, guys. Make sure you vote. Be You know, yep. that's going to help. Yep. And yep. Uh, what else? Um I don't know. I don't think I have much more to say except get out there and vote. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. And That's a good uh, one. well, you have That's a good one. beautiful. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And uh, well, thank you so much for being here today. And I really have so much respect for you. I mean, you must. This is just such a great experience, and you have, I'm sure, very many memories to hold on to. Well, uh, we didn't even get in into how. For, yeah. Thank you we for loved pr- having you on. The opportunity and the time. Oh, it was great having and you thank on, your Vera. daughter. Yeah, and thank your yeah, daughter and your son-in-law for helping so much. And uh, you know, I didn't even get into where you grew up and and uh, you know your family and stuff. Maybe next time. Next time. Yeah, the next show, Holly. That second. That <laughs> next second show. book. That's right. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. Yep. The second book. Yep. The second book, Viral. Oh, we love you, Viral. We love you. Oh, it's not an opportunity. You. We wanted we wanted you to be here today. Okay? Yep. Thank yep. you so much I for gifting us such a beautiful book. It's great. Guys, go to jazzandavailablelight.com and uh please go check out the images and um and check out what's coming up because I'm sure Verl's going to be doing a lot more. And uh, mm-hmm. you have that article that's on the net right now that people should be reading. And again, guys, have a beautiful weekend. And with that, we're going to end our show, and I'm going to play a really cool piece of music. Have cool. a good one. Have a good one, hon. Thanks a lot. <laughs>